Hello everyone, this is Andrew Pond, Artistic Director of Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Welcome to Season 4 of the Half Hour Audio Hour. Every month we'll be featuring a different playwright, allowing you to not only hear their work, but to find out a little more about them and their process. If you enjoy what you hear, please remember to like, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. And feel free to leave a review. You can help us out in continuing this work by heading over to redcircle.com slash shows slash half-hour-audio-hour, where you can sponsor us through a one-time or recurring donation and become our partner in highlighting the voices and stories of women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus artists. This month's production is Alive with Pleasure, written by John Dayton Cernan, directed by Claire Johnson and starring Jacqueline Haas and Jacob Glass. Before we start, we'd like to briefly introduce you to John Dayton Cernan. After the production, stay tuned for an interview with John for more insight into the play and this process. John Dayton Cerna penned and performed The Flight of the Goddamn Butterfly, which ran for seven months at New York's legendary Rose's Turn. The play received a Mac Award as well as a special invitation to the Just Add Water Festival at New York Theater Workshop. About Butterfly, the New York Daily News wrote, quote, Cerna writes with a wonderful sense of humor and humanity, end quote. Cerna's next play, Not As Cute As Picture, played in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Fort Lauderdale, Florida. It was nominated for a GLAAD Media Award in the category of Outstanding Theater. He's the author of two television pilots, including a comedy-drama entitled To Be or Not to Be Joanne, which Christine Lottie attached herself to. Ms. Lottie is a Golden Globe, Oscar, and Emmy winner. Also, he has penned two screenplays. One is entitled Good Morning Angel, which Siobhan Fallon Hogan has attached herself to. Men in Black, Forrest Gump. Additionally, Cerna has written promotional on-air scripts for various clients, including HBO, PBS, and even Ringling Brothers Circus. He was a regular featured columnist for the Washington Blade from 2002 to 2005. He wrote regularly about his experiences as a gay man navigating life in the modern world. Cerna has been published online by Advocate.com. His story, Victim and Bully No More, details a bittersweet reunion Cerna had online with a high school bully who had been relentless in victimizing Cerna and taunting him with anti-gay epithets and slurs. The story was Advocate.com's cover story for several months, and it ended up on several anti-bully websites. Cerna studied playwriting at New York's Playwrights Horizon. His play, Arrive Dressed, received a special staged reading. Cerna also studied theater arts at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. He can be reached at johndaytoncerna at gmail.com. And now, Alive with Pleasure. Mondays, huh? Huh? I, w- I was just saying, Mondays, such a drag. Oh, drag. Hmm. 
Well, now, see, I don't mind Mondays. They're nice and close to the weekend, to the memories of the weekend, you know? The real bitch is Tuesday. Because Tuesdays are always out in the middle of nowhere, floating at sea. From Tuesday, the weekend is this tiny blurry island you can barely see. But the worst bitch is Thursday. Because Thursday's always lying to you, saying, <laughs> I'm Friday, I'm Friday. And I say, oh, no, bitch, you Thursday. You'll always just be Thursday. And stop lying to me, you Thursday, bitch. <laughs> Uh, I hear ya. <laughs> I just gotta laugh, you know? Oh, uh, oh yeah, I, I, I don't laugh enough. <clears throat> I think now laughing gives you cancer. Funny comic this morning. Oh, oh yeah? Um, you mean like a superhero comic or stand-up? No, the funnies. The paper, the comics. Oh, uh, okay. I, I barely ever read paper. Well, I like to. Old tradition. Coffee. Paper in the morning. Cool. You want to hear the comic? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Attila the Hunt sits in a diner. The waitress says, What'll it be, Hunt? Okay. Do you get it? Yeah, I, I, I get it, because he, he's Attila the Hun, and she, she calls him Hun. Right. The funny part is that most diner waitresses call you Hun, and he's already Hun, because he's Attila the Hun. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, right. I just, I, I just, I just order in. You order in. What do you mean you order in? I don't. I don't go to diners. Ah. Well, if you did, your waitress would call you, hun. Okay. Cool. What department are you in? Are you new? Um, I'm in IT. Uh, new. Yeah. Oh, nice. Welcome to the company. Right on. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. You just took an extremely long drag of that cigarette there. In fact, I think you smoked half of it in that one drag. Um, I know. Are you okay? Well, um, uh, I, 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 I just, I just get nervous. What? I mean, if you don't mind my asking, what do you get nervous about? Well, see, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not very good at my job. Like, I'm still learning the whole IT thing. And you have to be an expert, or you're not really worth anything. It's okay to still be learning, no? I got the job through a friend. But they still hired you. You obviously have something to offer this company. To be honest with you, I smoke because I get nervous about 
losing my job, maybe that's TMI. TMI? And too much information. Oh, right. That's not TMI. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. Thanks. Appreciate that. I know a lot of people feel that way about their jobs. Like, it, like they can lose them in a flash. Yeah, it shouldn't be that way, you know. Uh, it, it, your job should be like um, uh, your thumb. It's it, just there, always. <laughs> I'm sure if you just keep working hard, you'll be okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, you know, they're talking about layoffs and I just... I know. I've heard that. And I, I'm last hired, you know. How about this? How about we just talk about something else? Unless, of course, you don't want to talk, which I completely understand. Smoking sometimes is best as a solitary exercise. No, I know. It's, I know it's cool. I'll talk. I'm a big believer in solitude. Oh, yeah? I despise isolation, but I adore solitude. They're different, you know. Yeah, I, I guess I, I isolate. Nope, can't do that. No man is an island. Oh, wow. That's... that's cool. I didn't say that. You ever hear of John Donne? No. He was a poet. He wrote that. No man is an island. That That's cool. I need to, you know, think about that because I, like I said, I definitely isolate. I, I'm the kind of guy that likes to make my own little island, you know? Uh, like, alone my thoughts and just it's a lot easier not to get close to people to stay like an island out out in the pacific ocean hmm well you ever see me again out here smoking you won't be an island in the pacific ocean i'll make sure of that okay and don't be so nervous about things even if you lose your thumb you can still make it in life. Okay. Cool. Yes, it's a hard month, Mom. There's going to be a lot of pain this month. But she wouldn't want us to be in pain, right? Hmm? Yes, I'm going to church on Friday, Mom. It'll be a tough day. Yes. Yes, I'll sit at the front. Mom, I'll be so close to that priest. I'll feel his spit on me, okay? Hmm? Mom, I don't need to ask the priest to make sure she's gotten into heaven. How can she not be there already by now? Mom, no. There's no wait time. And anyway, it's been five years. It's like the doctor's office. She maybe had to wait 15 minutes to get into heaven because... Uh, okay. Okay, yes, Mom. She did some bad things here on Earth. Mom, but that ain't nothing to God. Dude, when do I ever use the frying pan? Never. It was Billy, Kevin. Billy left it in the sink, dude. Come on. Okay, Mom. Yeah, dude, I, I order in. I don't even cook. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you see the light. At least you understand. I love you. Later. Hello again. 
Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. How's it going with you? Are you still nervous? Uh, yeah, uh, I kind of always am. I'm sorry. I wish I could help you with that. Uh, but you don't really even know me. Well, I am your co-worker. That's a start. Yeah, but what's that? Just two people who work at the same company? Well, it's a denominator. We have the company in common. Okay. May I suggest therapy? For your nervousness. The company's insurance has a very good... I don't know. I went to a therapist once. Oh? Did it... Did it help you? He told me I was addicted to excitement. Really? What did he mean by that? Just that... I had to be excited about things. Or I... You know... I, I wouldn't... I would just be very depressed. What's wrong wanting to be excited about things? No. Like, see, I have to be excited like it's a thing. I had to learn to not get too excited about stuff. He said I had to be more zen about life. Zen? Isn't that where you're not supposed to feel anything? I disagree with your therapist. I am so sorry. I know you paid for him and probably a lot, probably a lot, but I strongly disagree with him. Sometimes life is not exciting. And he said I have to accept that. And sometimes I can't. No, all the time. I can't accept that. I say make it exciting. How do you make life exciting if it isn't really exciting? Pretend. Pretend you're in a movie and you're the main character and everyone around you is a supporting character. Did you just come up with that? My sister used to say that. She really would pretend she was in a movie all the time and she was the main character of the movie. Like comedy or sad? Both. Best kind of movie, don't you think? Where it's both funny and sad. I don't know if I could do that. I don't just pretend like that. Try. Hmm. You know, you know how people say a lot, it, it's all too much? What's all too much? Well, life. But, see, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of the time, it's a little too little. I mean... I wake up, I go to work. Are you liking your work? Not really. Most people don't. Like, statistically speaking, most people actually kind of hate their work. Why do you think I smoke, you know? I thought you smoked because you're nervous. Yes, and because I don't like my work. Well, I smoke because I like to smoke. I know it would most likely kill me, but I like living, and living would not be exciting if I didn't smoke. Oh, yeah? Smoking... smoke is exciting. Okay, uh, what do you smoke? Or what brand? Newports. Salem's. Hmm. Didn't Salem have that ad where, like, two people are in a boat smoking and they have their heads all thrown back laughing like lunatics? <laughs> yes. 
a little before your time, no? <laughs> oh, I, I love vintage crap. Like, alive with pleasure. That's what the ad said, right? Yes. Alive with pleasure. That's right. But with an exclamation point. Very emphasized. So you see, your life is exciting. You're smoking Salem's and you are alive with pleasure. I'd like it to be that. You have to think of all the things that make life pleasurable. Then life won't feel like too little. It's just... See, it's hard for me to do that. Like this morning, I get news on my phone. and Did you hear there was a bomb that killed like 125 people in Armenia or Afghanistan? Something with an A. I don't know. Like... I pray to God, and I thank him for guiding me and having a plan for me. You do? Yeah, I mean, it's stupid, but... It's not stupid. God isn't stupid. I mean, my mom kind of made me think that uh, believe in God before she died, you know, so I made this vow. I'm sorry she died. Yeah, thanks. Yes, I'm very sorry. It's okay. Uh, she had a rare blood disease. I mean, she didn't suffer very long. Oh, I'm glad about that. Mm. Thanks. But now, I don't understand. Are you faking it? A belief in God for your mother's sake? I don't know if I'm faking it. I mean, I really want to believe, but maybe I think God is more of an energy than a person. Sure, God is energy. A great and powerful energy at that. Like anyway, people in Armenia just, boom, lost their lives in half a second. I mean, why am I special? Like, why did God decide I don't get blown up in Armenia? Maybe I will, you know, if I ever visit Armenia. Or maybe she's trying to tell you something. Who's she? God. Oh, I'm sure God's a she. Or, if you really want to get to the nitty-gritty, I'm sure God is both a he and a she. Like, non-binary. Yup. So God is actually them. Probably. Okay, well, so, what is God trying to tell me? How damn lucky you are. Right here, right now. All so lucky that you didn't get blown up today into a billion bits by a big bomb in Armenia. And to be grateful for that. I, I guess I see your point. You're welcome. What about sex? I, I don't have that a lot, like like at all. Wait, wait, wait why am I, why am I telling you this? Uh, why are you even asking me that? We were looking for things that make life exciting, weren't we? Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't have that a lot. I don't either, but when you do, isn't it exciting? I'm a little embarrassed. So you don't have someone special? Me, um, no, no. Don't you want to? I guess. I mean, I did. You did, huh? Yeah, but I... I let her go. Why? Why? Because... Oh, it's hard to admit this. Tell. She wasn't... Oh, man. What? She wasn't, like, the greatest-looking girl. Oh. Please don't judge me. 
I no. What makes you think? She was a total sweetheart. I mean, she loved me so much. Things she did for me. But when I looked at her, I God, this is gonna make me sound like shit. She didn't look like an aloof model on a runway, stunning every man with her impossible beauty. Well, yeah. And that's what you want. That's what I want to look at when I see my wife. Oh, so you want to be married? Someday. To a supermodel? If I could. Is, is that so bad? Is it? So you tossed out the best girl that ever happened to you because she wasn't Iman? Iman? What, what, who's Iman? You've got a lot to learn about life. See, I hate it when people say that to me. I'm 27. I'm 57. I've still got lots to learn about life. All right, well, I gotta get back. Okay. See ya. It's okay. You you don't have to apologize to me. Cry, Mom. Cry, and don't be sorry about it. It's only been five years. Feels like yesterday, I know. <sighs> She's still so close. It's all right. It's going to be all right. I feel it too, Mom. But I'm at work, you know. I have to... I have to keep it together. We're going to make it, Mom. She's with us. She's guiding us and she's telling us she's, well, she's in a new body, Mom. A new, beautiful, shiny, lovely body. You have to believe that, okay? <sighs> Hello again. Hey. I want to say I'm sorry. For what? I didn't mean to. I shouldn't have told you that you got a, to learn a lot about life. That wasn't my place. It's okay. Anyway, uh, maybe I do. I don't know. And also, the truth is, if you want to go after a supermodel, you have every right to do that. We all have the right to pursue happiness the way we want to. You have that right. I'm never going to land a supermodel anyway. It, it's it's stupid. It is not stupid. I'm going after Denzel Washington. If I can't have him, I may as well end it. <laughs> I thought of ending it once. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> TMI. Nope. When? About two years ago. Why? Why? I was living out west with my mom. My parents had just split for like the third time. Mom was really down. She was out of work. It sucked. 
and I was doing my best to help odd jobs, but I was was so miserable. I had no freaking direction. No self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No self-esteem. That's right. I had all these fantasies about being something more than I was. But even if fantasy gets fulfilled, it doesn't mean its self-esteem will just magically appear with it. That's right. I mean, I had little to no work and fantasies. And a miserable mother who drank to go to bed each night. And I... I just had it. I woke up to this insane dream that became so real. I would drive my car all the way out to the desert in Nevada and just keep driving until I ran out of gas. And then I would just sit in the car and melt, you know? Just dry up, die of thirst, die and be done with it. But you never did that. No, uh, no, but man, I, I had a plan. I really did. I'm glad you didn't. You are? Why? Because nobody smokes in this damn company. I'd be out here alone every time I came out here. (laughs) So I guess I have a reason for living after all. Of course you do. Keep my ass company. (laughs) Um, so... Yes? When I came out here, you were on the phone, and you sounded kind of like maybe you were crying a little. I was. It's a tough day. Oh, are you okay? Are things okay? It's just an anniversary. A difficult one. Oh, like, as in someone died? Yep. Five years ago to the day. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Thank you. Was it someone you were close to? We were close, as children and teenagers. But we grew apart. We became very different people. And I... I tried to help her. But I'm sorry, I must sound so cryptic. She was your friend? She was my sister. Oh, wow. I'm I'm sorry. Thank you. So, yes, it's still very hard because I loved her. Love her. I still love her because I do believe she's around me. But she pushed me out of her life when she was alive and I did the very same thing in return. My only sibling. What was her name? Oh, thank you for asking. People don't ask that. Jackie. Jackie Cracky was her nickname. Oh yeah? Why is that? She smoked crack. Oh my gosh. Is is that what... Part of it. I mean, if she hadn't been... You know, if I get emotional, I apologize. It's... No, it, it's fine. It's just very tough to talk about. Not the easiest thing to talk about. 
but um you know th- those are the best things to talk about it, the not easy things right nobody wants to talk about the not easy things to talk about like if i talked about my dad oh talk to me about your dad please okay well um he loved me but he didn't he didn't know how to show it and it really screwed me up a lot uh, it got me really lonely you know and I, I was always searching for someone else to validate my existence to prove I was worthy of being alive but then uh, when I was like I don't know last year I forgave him you did yeah I did he was dying. See, um, cirrhosis. Oh, my. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you know, I, I suddenly realized, fuck it. If he can't say I love you to me, I will say it to him. And he was lying there in that tight little hospital cot and... He couldn't make any sounds because of everything. The drugs, you know. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, I love you, Dad. And I'm telling you, his eyes totally brightened. Like as if someone added extra brown paint to his eyes and they would and they widened and his eyes were drilled into mine. And I swear he heard me. He got it. And I got it. So what if he never said it to me? So what? I said it. I said it to him. And he said, I love you back. Yeah. I mean, don't you think he did? Of course he did. With his eyes. That's what you were seeing. Yeah, you're right. He died, like, 20 minutes later. What a gift. What a gift you got from him, and from yourself. Yeah, yes. Thanks for telling me that. I mean, I guess I knew, I knew it, but, but you're saying it like that. Sometimes that's what we need. For one person to just shed a light. Yeah. I should get back. Man, I'm sorry. For what? I totally never asked you more about your sister. I just talked about me and my dad. That's alright. I asked you to. No, it's not. I should have let you go on. Man, I'd do that. I'm... Fuck. Don't beat yourself up. But it's what I do. I, I do. I want to know about someone else's, but all I do is talk about me. That's not all you do. We've been having a very back and forth conversation. Yeah, I guess that's true. We, we've gotten kind of deep. What's wrong with getting deep? Shouldn't people try to get deeper with each other? Yeah. I mean, most people talk about the weather and politics and... Oh, I try not to talk about politics. I mean, we can if you want. 
No. Unless, of course, you voted for him. The one who, by some satanic miracle, actually won. Uh, yeah. I voted for him. What does Satan have to do with it? How can you vote for him? I like him. Why? He tells the truth. He doesn't tell the truth. He tells lies. He speaks his mind. He is morally deranged. No, he's not. He advised another man to grab women by the vagina. No. No. Okay, yeah, he said that. What he said, but it was like a joke, you know? A locker room talk. How many locker rooms you been in? I don't know. I mean, a lot, I guess. I was on track and field. How many times in one of those locker rooms you hear a man say to grab a woman by her pussy? Okay, well, none. None. But it's gotta happen. Guys say that. But why should any guy say that? Because it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke to molest someone else. It's a joke to grab another person's genitalia. No, I mean, I gotta go. You can't joke about crap like that. I don't. I don't make jokes like that. So why vote for someone who does? I wanted to shake things up. I wanted to change. Change for the worse. Gotta go. Change for the worse. not want me to smoke out here anymore? Never said that. It's your smoking break area too, not just mine. Okay. So, um, I was thinking. Yes? You're black and- Oh, yes. I am black. What is your point? I haven't made it yet. I'm, like, about to. I'm sorry. I stepped on you. You're black, and I'm white. And we're getting along. For the most part. I mean, even though we voted differently. Indeed we did. We did vote differently. But we're getting along. Kind of. I mean... We know a lot about each other. You know about my dad. I know about your sister. We don't know... We've shared a lot. Right? Yes. No, you're right. Despite what you said, I am getting along with you. And I was just thinking that if you took you and me and multiplied it by, like... Nine billion. Can you imagine? There could be peace for, like, everyone. If everyone just smoked together. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Alive with pleasure. Hmm. Well, you're not seeing a lot of that now. Well, then, we have to, uh, I don't know, make a podcast or something. A podcast, huh? 
I don't mean to put your generation into a box, but... Oh, I don't need a generation to help me identify and cope, you know? Well, your generation wants to make everything a podcast. It would be great. A younger white guy and an older black woman standing around smoking together and talking. If you say so. Do I have to be older? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am. We could change the world. Well, the world does need some changing now, doesn't it? But not the way you want it changed, my friend. Not with him. Oh, and don't hate me for bringing this up again. But you will. I will. But you been able to find any other man who makes a joke about grabbing a woman's pussy. Um, no. Wasn't looking. You won't find any. It's a rare pig who makes a joke like that. Okay, fine. You want a rare pig leading the country? Look, I don't care anymore, okay? You don't care? No. They're talking about layoffs again, and I honestly don't care about the thing he said. I care about, I might be getting canned, and another thing in my life just dissolves away again, like so many other gigs I've had, and girls, and dreams, just dissolve away. Don't feel sorry for yourself now. Oh, excuse me? I'm allowed. But you can't. You can't! I know! You see... Pity was a very dark ocean for me, a planet I constantly found myself crash-landing on. Yeah? But why is pity a bad emotion? It's not, per se, but it's like booze. You get too much of it in you, you get too drunk to drive. So you're not scared about the layoffs? I've been laid off before. I've been spat out, shat out, kicked around, lost a lot, lost my sister, lost so much, and look at me. I'm still here, still standing, enjoying my cigarette. Look, I voted for him because I honestly believed he cared about jobs in this country. But you, you think I'm an asshole for voting for him. You don't want... I never said you were an asshole. I simply, gently... Ask you how you could vote for someone who just told another man to grab women by their pussies, and you said it was just locker room talk, and I hope I made you aware that no, no guys are talking that way in locker rooms telling each other to molest a woman whenever he wants, and anyone who makes a joke like that in my presence will get bitch slapped. I will. And nobody ever best pull that shit on me. Any man try to grab my genitals will Okay, okay. Well, get it in the groin, my knee will go into his groin and cause serious pain and even possibly damage because- Fuck, man, it was a joke. Really? It's no joke. Yes, it is. You women take everything so seriously. We women? Oh, you are not going there, reducing this to some gender. Why do you have to keep pressing the subject? Because it's what that rapist did to my sister. He grabbed her pussy and he shoved her down and raped her right before he killed her. Shit. Shit. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Fuck, man. Uh, I hate heartbreak. Do you need a napkin? I, I, I don't have one, but I have some subway napkins in my drawer. I can go get them. Yes, please. Oh, Jackie, 
See, I can say this to you now because you know it. You know that if you hadn't been so high, you never would have gone with that man. Because when you're high, bad things happen. I ain't got no judgment. You, you might have sniffed that he was a killer had you been sober and clean. Who would have walked away? Could have walked away. But that drug, it carried you right into his arms. Into a killer's arms. And you know, it's funny. I'm glad you were as high as you were because maybe you got numb. Nice and numb. Numb? Numb. Numb before he put that knife in you. Oh, Jackie. Just as long as you didn't suffer much, none. Just as long as you didn't feel nothing, then I'm okay. Just know that I loved you. Even though I was a million miles away from you, my heart was still locked into yours. Because that's family. Whether we like it or not, our hearts are all locked into each other's hearts because we can't help it. No, we can't help it at all. Here you go. Um, just take as much as you want. Um, they always give you so many in Subway. <laughs> they always think you're the most busy eater ever. Thank you. Uh, sure, uh, of course. I'm, I'm really uh, sorry that I'm really sorry you have a broken heart. Uh, yes. <sighs> but the cracks in a broken heart? That's how God gets through. Through those cracks. She's gonna get through them. But you gotta let her get in there. Get into those cracks. Me? Oh. It's, yeah, I have a broken heart too. Sure you do. You can't lose two parents and not have a broken heart. I just want to get some peace is all. God's going to find you some peace. I promise you that. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. I know I'm right. Sit. What's your name? I'm Sam. Lydia. Cool. Good to know you, Lydia. The fake plants around us, they look so real today, don't they? Like, fresh-watered and alive. Not fake, not plastic. Real. You hear that, sister? And all because of a young man named Sam and me. Together. What did he say? A black woman and a white man smoking together and talking. Oh, it's a lovely thing when human beings come together. Like I'm always together with you, sister. Always. Always with a broken heart, that's true. Always with that. But hop-stepping. <laughs> hop-stepping, huh? Oh, Yes. You gotta hop step, especially with a broken heart. Gotta keep hop stepping. When I went back to get napkins, I was told I have to go see human resources. I think I'm getting laid off. Well, welcome to the adventure of life. You get laid off, you just get on a river and flow. And you'll get to that next destination just fine, Sam. Thank you. 
I think you're right. Life is... Life is like one destination to another. We never really land. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even death... It's just another destination. Yes, it is. So even when you think you're all settled in, like, bam, you could die. That's right. Well, I should get up to human resources, face my fate. All right. You take good care, and don't you dare tell yourself that this job was all you are. Oh, all right? Okay. And we'll do that podcast one day. Yeah. Sounds good. Goodbye. God, honey, you bless that boy. He's been through a lot. Keep him hop-stepping. Hop-stepping with a broken heart. Oh, yes. Hop-stepping with a broken heart. Thank you for listening to Alive with Pleasure here on the Half Hour Audio Hour. Next up is a brief interview we conducted with John Dayton Cerna after the recording of this show. So, John, I just want to say, first off, thank you for being here to do this interview, but also thank you for letting us be part of your show, Alive with Pleasure. We really do appreciate it. Oh my gosh, it's it's totally my pleasure and an honor. So it's it's really good to be here and I'm I'm grateful to be here. Great. Well, how long have you been writing? Oh gosh. You know, I've been writing a long time. I I was writing little poems when I was in third grade, you know, like the ball <laughs> went down the hall and would read them in front of my classmates uh in the middle of class and things like that. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I've always had an instinct or a feeling that I needed to write things down. Uh, I've kept a lot of journals and I, whoever's listening, I recommend that whether you're a quote unquote writer or not, a journal journaling really helps in terms of just figuring out your life and who you are and how you really feel about things. You know, my first play that I ever wrote and put on stage was way back in, um, 1990 oh gosh something <laughs> i think it was not, wow i'm getting old um not, like 19, 1995 and it was um called the flight of the goddamned butterfly and it was a, it was a, yeah and i actually recently just recently wrote a screenplay based on it and i'm going to have a reading of it in new york uh with uh, mario cantone who some of you may know <laughs> Anyway, um, so that ran for seven months in New York City, which was really exciting. 
And um, I also have been an actor, but um, I've really been zeroing in on on writing. And uh, I just find it to be so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, so I've been doing it for quite some time and uh, just really um, honing in on, you know, on my voice and trusting my voice. I'm surmising that many writers are kind of in a constant um, place of doing that, right? Trusting your voice Mm -hmm. and right and realizing it and then and then putting it on stage if you can. And then, hey, the audience might actually get it. (laughs) <laughs> and and then you're and then you think to yourself okay maybe i'm doing something right <laughs> <laughs> that is it's always nice when when people get what it is that you're trying to put across you know yes indeed yes Cer- indeed certainly got to feel better than languishing in obscurity <laughs> yes yes that's true so so what inspired alive with pleasure well, to be honest with you, um, I've always been fascinated by taglines, by advertising taglines, because they're so pervasive. We're so permeated by them. And and then I was thinking about that. It's it's actually, you know, a tagline of a cigarette ad, um, alive with pleasure, exclamation point. And I always thought to myself, what's what is what's that? I mean, can we can any of us really be alive with pleasure? And if we can, is that a short lived thing? Is that like does that last an hour? Does that can that last a lifetime? Um, what about loss? What about grief? What about pain? What about broken promises? I mean, how uh, how can we live our lives with pleasure if there's so much that's unpleasurable? And then I thought about smokers because the tagline deals with smoking. So I thought about two people who are smoking together but don't know each other, and that would occur in a smoking area because there's so many smoke areas in the world, right? Where you are designated, if you're a smoker, to go smoke. So I started to ruminate about these two people who are smoking in the same smoking area, but have like, they don't know each other at all. And what happens if they start to talk? And what happens if they're very different, at least uh, externally, right? Like, what if one of them is very much younger and one is older? And what if one is female and the other is male? And what if one of them is black and the other is white? And so I started to play with that and I started to explore that. And and that's how the play really came to be. It is interesting, um, the, the, the setting being a, a, a smoking area, because it is, it is at, at once both a very individual and solitary act and yet very social in the fact that, especially now, smokers have to go to a place to do it. Exactly. They right. have to congregate in a specific place. It's not like, but I was a kid and you could just light up in a, in a, in a restaurant by yourself. That's right. You know, and exactly. you're, you're now forced to almost be part of this group now, which is, <laughs> you were, right, right, right. Which is, is, is very interesting. So now, having read it, it it was very obviously written to be done on stage as opposed to uh, originally, as opposed to done as an as an audio piece. Am I am I right about that? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yes. Um, so, have you written anything specifically for audio? You know, um, 
I actually, I, I did write a story. Uh, it was a radio uh, show that I did years ago. Mm. And it was a story I wrote, a true story about how I, <laughs> I actually lived for two weeks with one of the models from The Price is Right um, <laughs> named Holly. Oh, yeah, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Holly, the redhead. And yeah. uh, and it was called the Holly Way. And um, she actually lived on a street called Holly Way. They, they named the street after her, believe it or not. But that's it's kind of very much an L.A. thing. Anyway, so I, I wrote about my experience. Yeah, kind of kind of bonding with her and getting to know her and burying her dog after her dog died and going to her dog's funeral <laughs> yeah so it was uh yeah it was quite a story so i actually um knew someone who worked at a radio station and said you know this would be a great audio play and i said or story so i wrote it like as a radio play and i i did i you know i pretended to be some of the characters like holly because i was also an actor at one time i, I may have mentioned that already and if i have i apologize um but um yeah, so that was really fulfilling. But that was really the only experience. The rest, for, for, in terms of my writing, I'm I'm really writing for the stage. I've written a couple of screenplays, a TV pilot, and a couple of books. So, um, yeah, that, but that was the only time I really wrote something to be heard. In, interesting. So, since since you write primarily for the stage or screen or, or, or TV, what what did you find challenging about writing? for audio versus those other medium well of course you know it's that thing right where you you know they're not going to see any of it and so i had to put my my self in the mind of the audience who is going to be listening and you know and figure out okay how am i going to convey this to the audience who are only listening as they're in their car or what have you and so that was that was really I actually I, I loved that. I thought that was really exciting. Um, I love the idea of radio plays or I mean, audio. It's 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 almost more intimate in a right. Like it's it's almost more intimate. And I really um, I found it to be challenging, but at the same time, rewarding. I, I have heard that from a, a number of of writers when in, in talking to them about about this is that audio is to a great extent almost a one-on-one -on -one type of thing with an audience member because yeah. they're all by themselves listening to it and so it's right. really it, it's really just this one person interacting with this piece yeah which i find very interesting interesting to to think about that you can be listened to by millions of people but not all at the same time it's unlike a th in a theater right where you're surrounded by an audience and as an audience member you kind of become part of that audience and you're part of a whole and that's that's also what i love about theater oh yeah but what you're saying is very true it's it so it has a certain intimacy that is found, I think, in not in many other uh, platforms or me mediums. Yeah. So, so tell me, do you have any upcoming projects that you'd like to promote? It's funny because in two days, 
there is going to be the world premiere of a two-act drama that I wrote for the stage. It's a play called The Art of Raising Anything. It's a two-act drama for the stage, and it's premiering, it's having its world premiere at the um, Vortex Theater in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's very exciting. It's, it's like the oldest black box theater in New Mexico. Oh, wow. And they've been around for 47 years. You know, they do a lot of classics and plays that have been produced before. But, but and one of the things I love about them is they do new works. They, they look for new works. And so lo and behold, my play was chosen by the Vortex to be produced by them. And I, I'm opening their season. If you're in New Mexico in Albuquerque, check out my play. <laughs> it runs from February 2nd until February 18th, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's very exciting. And now this, of course, brings us to what is the most important question of this entire interview. Um, okay. Because as you as you mentioned, you know, the inspiration for the, the play was the old uh, cigarette slogan, Alive with Pleasure. So mm-hmm. the question is, what's an old slogan from your childhood that you remember? The first thing that comes to mind is, hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special orders don't us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Have it your way. At Burger King, have it your way. At Burger King. Oh, wow. That's That's, yeah. You know what's what's amazing? You know what's amazing to me is that I didn't remember what came before the whole have it your way thing that got sung. And then as soon as you started singing it, I'm like, oh, right. (laughs) See see how it also comes back so easily. It's kind of scary that. But John, once again, I want to say thank you so very much for allowing us to be part of your show alive with pleasure. It's a wonderful show. I, I really enjoyed it. The, the, from the first time that I read it and, uh, on behalf of myself and everyone at EFCT, thank you so, so very much. You are so welcome. And it's just an, an honor to have you guys be so involved this way. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed alive with pleasure next month. We will be presenting that time of night by Luke Brett. And don't forget to head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out about all our other shows and projects. On behalf of myself and everyone here at EFCT, thanks for listening.